you're tuning in to the High Performance Path podcast and I'm your host Alex. If you want to increase your productivity, enhance your mental performance, hack your sleep and build a bulletproof body, then you're in the right place. Get ready as we dive into interviews with performance coaches, business owners and health professionals to find out their daily routines, habits and movement practices. Alright, let's go. buddy and do you still do any crossfit yourself or have you have you come away from that no i still i still do crossfit i've actually just in this last over the last maybe four months i just ran a marathon about three weekends ago and so i've been training for that the last three four months um as kind of i needed something different other than crossfit to focus on because crossfit you're focusing on your weaknesses a lot and it kind of you know after years you just need a break something different so i was just like oh the gyms are going to shut i might as well just focus on something different something i haven't done that i know i can do and i want to do one day so i just thought i'll just you know train for a marathon and follow a program and you know just trust the process and i you know i knew i'd do it eventually and now i've done my first marathon so now i've got a benchmark for the next one that i do whenever that'll be did you enjoy it yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the process really, just sticking to it and not missing any sessions and just knowing that it's all, you know, it's I'm going to get the end result if I just stick to the program and not skip recovery, which I know all those things, you know, because I've I've been training for a long time and yeah, I enjoyed it. I know you've just recently finished a uh, Ironman, which is really good. Yeah, so no, mate, exactly the same as you, my friend. Uh, it's, it's absolutely just about the process. How can you put one step in front of the other? Mm. Uh, and how can you just continue to come back to that kind of uh, here and now and that present moment, I think, as always, mm. because otherwise you can get too consumed with what you've not yet done or what you've still got to do in terms of time or distance. And I think, mm. uh, yeah, it's always just like stripping that back. And um, yeah, without without a shadow of a doubt, mate, the process, the journey that you go through, it's not until you really look back, you realise actually the the work capacity that you've actually built um, and then what you're able to accomplish and achieve. So yeah, oh, mate, it was, uh, it was great. I just absolutely love the, the, the challenge and the opportunity to be able to explore uh, what's possible, much like, much like you with, with trial, trialing these different endeavors and just now being more of a, I suppose, chameleon in terms of just trialing and trying different things um, instead of just going, right, I have to stick at this one like uh, paradigm of, of training, which I think is great, you know? Mm. Yeah, awesome. Well, I want to um, I want to ask you a few more things about your health and your your training and your fitness and what you kind of do to 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 perform it at your best. And then I want to kind of dive into a little bit later about kind of um, how you help other coaches do the same thing with them. So um, one of the places that I like to start, I I like asking people what their morning routine is. So why don't we start there with your morning routine? Do you have a specific morning routine? that you feel sets your day up for success? Yeah, 100%. I think big thing that I speak to uh, an abundance of coaches about all the time is like there are no permanent solutions to a dynamic system. Um, and often, obviously, with life, there's so many different 
external factors day to day can look different and uh, ultimately where you are in your life and what you've got going on will always basically uh, um, differentiate and will continually uh, challenge you in different ways. So I think when it now comes to a morning routine, I don't think there's any kind of real set way. Ultimately, it's going to now come down to where I am that day and what I now need to action implement and do uh, and what type of day am I now going into. So now if I'm going into like a heavy workload day, uh, then typically my morning will be a little bit lighter. Um, in terms of now how I set myself up from a kind of training modality perspective. So typically at the moment, in terms of like structure and routine, just to give you a quick overview, uh, I'll wait between half six and seven. I'll then have peppermint tea, journal, and then I'll typically train uh, for two hours. Prior to that, I'd been training like later on in the afternoon, but I've just found that obviously when it gets when it gets to later on in the afternoon, you've got all these different things going on that it just got pushed back later and later and later and you weren't really fully present. So um, I'll then typically train between the hours of eight and 10. Um, and then that's me. I just go straight into it. So yeah, tea, journal, read, uh, then I'll lift. Uh, or do whatever aerobic work I need to do. And then I'll go into my day. I will typically fast until one, two o'clock in the afternoon, even with that. Uh, and I'll just literally take some protein and just some veggies, et cetera. Uh, because for me, actually eating afterwards can be sometimes a little bit of an inconvenience and doesn't really quite suit. But coming back to the thing I spoke about with the no permanent solution to a dynamic system, if I know that I've got a super heavy day, me going into a super heavy lifting session, as an example, at eight o'clock in the morning is not going to serve me or suit me neurally in any way, shape or form. So, uh, for example, instead of uh, now going into my typical training on a Monday, I basically would just jump on like a bike for 20 minutes, half an hour, um, get a little bit of blood flow, listen to a podcast. And then that would pretty much be my movement for the for the day, because I know that I go into then heavy Zoom calls, uh, calls, coaching calls and all those good things. So uh, like for me, it's yeah, pretty, pretty kind of set in terms of like the basic principles that I have in place. But in terms of the intensity and which I operate at within that morning, uh, it really just depends on where I am, how I am and how I'm feeling um, and basically what, what the day ahead really kind of looks like, if that makes sense. Yeah, nice. I like that answer. I like how you're, you're kind of fluid in what you have in your morning based off what you've got coming up in that day. Because what I've found... It's, I've experienced this before and I've actually heard this from, it was on a, another podcast, another person gave this answer that they don't have a set morning routine because if you have cert, like a certain ritual that you do every morning, it might set you up for success and it might be perfect. But if for whatever reason you miss that, your mindset can shift. Say, for example, like coffee. Say if you have a coffee every morning at a certain time and, you know, that, that kind of starts your day. If you miss that coffee, you can shift into a mindset and think, oh, I haven't had my coffee. I'm going to be a bit slow. I'm going to be a bit low this morning. And you can actually shift your mindset into being kind of less productive and more distracted just because of thinking that. So sometimes having a set morning routine can actually be um, a hindrance if you don't hit it in the morning. So I just wanted to add that on. And I think that's a good answer that you're kind of fluid based off how much time you've got and how um, intense your day is going to be. I think that's, I think that's really smart. I like that answer. Yeah. No, and this is taking a long time because again, you, you obviously look at all these um, professionals uh, and or kind of like high flying kind of entrepreneur, whatever it now might potentially be that you will listen to and or kind of speak to. And I think the big thing is then you can get caught up in thinking, I now need to do that. And then before you know it, your routine is four hours long. You're doing all these different practices and you've got all these different things going on. But ultimately, yeah, it comes down to 
where are you there and then? What is now going to allow you to get into state? And uh, what is now going to allow you to put your energy in the very best place for you to be able to progress and move forwards? And um, as long as you've then got kind of like the minimums and maximums and a structure that now works for you, then that that's perfect. You know, instead of now going, I have to be robust and rigid and kind of really stiff with this approach. Um, yes, yeah, how can I be a little bit more free flowing? And what do I now need to do in order for me then to be able to turn up as my best? or whatever is now going to be ahead. Um, and yeah, that's, I found certainly the best way to go about it instead of being yeah, as um, rigid with the approach. Mm, nice. Now you mentioned uh, intermittent fasting. So you said you start, you, you don't eat until one or 2 PM. And then I would imagine there's maybe an eight hour window where you get all your calories in the day. Um, have you, what, what do you find the benefits of intermittent fasting are? Is it like mental or energy or is it just kind of time-wise, it's just easier to have maybe one or two meals in your day? So for me, exactly the same. Like for me, it's not, um, I don't kind of uh, call it intermittent fasting and or kind of perceive it in that way. And ultimately it comes down to kind of whatever I've got going on each day so uh for me for example like i've got some protein to have some fruit and then that'll probably be me today until around one o'clock uh whereas on other days last wednesday as an example i had a quieter morning so i took the missus out for breakfast and we'll go and have a, a full scottish breakfast and that's kind of us so um like it really just depends on what's going on for me i've just got to now look at um energy and like cognition more so than anything and what i typically find is that when i go from training then into a shower then into right okay and now i've got a, a call or a meeting or whatever at 10 half past 10 then me trying to facilitate and eat a load of food just makes me feel sluggish lethargic and slow um so now me just um eating and keeping it fairly kind of minimal uh, from a cognition and a digestive and a just well-being and energy perspective just suits and serves me slightly better. Um, and then I'll typically have a bigger meal one, two o'clock, and then I'll still get kind of three or four meals in typically off the back of that. Uh, but just in terms of, yeah, structure and routine for me, that's what I've just found has worked slightly better. Um, and again, it just depends upon kind of training performance as well, because if I'm doing a double training session, uh, me then fasting obviously off the back of the first training session in the morning going into the evening isn't going to be kind of optimal uh so i would then obviously look at restructuring and just now managing my day and diary around that so uh, again it's not kind of like a set parameter it comes down to what is what is going on in that, in that particular day and how can i now look at the tools in the toolbox that i now have available um across each kind of facet i suppose of of like health and, and life to be able to then plug those in uh, that will allow me to be at my best in that given moment and maximize the time and the energy that i have uh, which is kind of the strategy that i really look at more so than anything else nice nice um, what about fitness trackers? Do you use anything to track your sleep or your heart rate or anything? I used to. I, I used to spend a lot of time taking a deep dive into uh, like tracking my HRV, tracking my resting heart rate, uh, obviously tracking my food, uh, tracking my sleep and all of those good things. Uh, but more so now, I would just be kind of intuitive with that uh because what i was typically finding was much like you talked about with uh, regards to like the coffee and then that having an impact if you don't have that it completely knocks you out of sync 
you can uh, often wake up and feel quite good. And uh, you, you know that you've had quite a good sleep and you're feeling pretty good. And then you can look at whatever tracking device you've got at that moment in time, whether that's an aura ring or whoop or whatever uh, different devices out there. And it will tell you that you've had a poor sleep. Your recovery is terrible and uh, you need to take a day off or you need to rest. Uh, but obviously the kind of subjective and objective data is two completely different things. So um, for me, I used to uh, track it quite relentlessly, uh, but I'm now very much in a place whereby, again, I'll just be intuitive and base things more so off feel. And as long as I've got like the, the non-negotiables for me in terms of, like, okay, bedtime, wait time to the greatest of my capacity, depending upon what's going on, um, then I would just auto-regulate accordingly in terms of um, then how do I like set myself up and what do I do each day to manage where I am from an energy and a recovery perspective. Mm. Um, so yes, I used to use a lot of uh, tracking tools, but nowadays a lot of it is just inbuilt and just going off my own intuition and my own feel um, instead of a piece of data that uh, might not potentially directly correlate. And of course it's got its benefits, absolutely. Uh, but right now with where I am and what I'm doing, I don't feel as though it's, it's, it's applicable uh, and or necessary for uh, purpose. Yeah, great. I think that's important to, you know, use at least this technology as like a tool, which is what it is, but it is that nothing beats your own intuition and learning to go by feel. And these tools can help to kind of confirm that and help you learn about your body. You might be feeling like, okay, I feel like I've had a good sleep. What, what's my recovery and the, the more kind of you use it you can kind of learn and learn more about your body and then like like you've done you've you've got to the point where you probably you don't need it now so it's not needed um which i think is a really good skill to have you know we never used to have these tools and we used to we used to just go by feel and just kind of learn 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 from trial and error and stuff like that so i think that's really good do you do you recommend people if someone asks you oh is it worth it do you do you, do you tell them like, yeah, it is worth it if they're kind of someone isn't as in tune with their own body? Would you recommend them getting a sleep tracker or a fitness tracker to help kind of track their recovery score? The answer to that, in my honest opinion, would be it depends. It would mm -hmm. depend upon uh, it would depend upon where they were. Uh, it would depend upon uh, obviously considerations in terms of their relationship with data. Uh, because obviously sometimes I've worked with clients in the past whereby actually that can be an, a, a negative thing. Um, so the, the answer would be, it depends. I think ultimately right. like tracking for a period of time, like some form of data allows you to raise awareness. Um, and I think it then will allow you to connect the dots uh, a little bit more so. And I think it does give you some incredible feedback that you can then utilize and use moving forwards um, like to, you know, within your own intuition, which I think is powerful. So typically like when it comes to um, like tracking with respect to things like recording of like food and stuff like that, I believe that for a period of time from an educational and understanding perspective, that can be powerful uh, because it allows you then to build an internal computer system. And that then can be a tool for life. Um, when it comes to now things like obviously sleep, et cetera, yeah, exactly the same, you know, it can be beneficial and advantageous for a period of time to be able to explore and understand um, how you feel in correlation to what the data is now currently telling you. 
Um, and then with respect to the, the recovery side of things, like I'll give you a perfect example. I've got, I've got a Garmin watch on just now. And after pretty much any kind of typical training session that I'll do, it'll tell me that I need two or three days recovery or my recovery time is like 48 hours or whatever. Uh, but I know that I'm feeling good and I'm in a great place. And I know that I've probably got a training session again in you know six hours time or tomorrow. Um, and so therefore, like if I was to base uh, like my decisions off this solely, um, I know that I would, probably not be able to operate and do the things and we'll probably spend half the time not doing anything in comparison to actually mm. training and whilst that rest ethic and recovery is powerful um i think it's just now knowing your body and knowing you and, and understanding that but absolutely do they have their place yeah without without a shadow of a doubt that they can be incredibly beneficial mm. awesome i want to shift gears a bit and talk a little bit about um coaching and personal training and a little bit of business stuff so i know you you're known as the coach's coach or the, the coach of coaches. So you, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you help coach other high-performance coaches that coach other people. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. So basically, I, I help um, coaches look after their own body shape, health and performance, upgrade and like maximize their own personal and professional standards so they can perform at their absolute very, very best. Um, and they can kind of really make sure that they can be um, in a position whereby they can impact, transform and change lives, fulfill the potential that they know that they have and radiate that level of energy, magnetism, confidence, certainty uh, that they know they have the ability to accomplish and achieve. But often they spend so much time serving everybody else that they neglect the very machine uh, that people are now buying and believing and investing in. So we just look at how we can start to uh, yeah, raise their personal professional standards, put the boundaries and barriers in place and get the very best out of them in terms of their body shape, health and energy performance, uh, which will then uh, directly correlate into their business, will correlate into their balance, their social, their relationships, and then also their brain, their mindset. Um, so yeah, it's very much about looking after the people who are looking after their people. Mm. You can't pour from an empty cup. I'm sure you've heard that before. Yeah, absolutely. And the majority of coaches get into the industry and, and the reason that I'm now the coach is coach is because I'm fundamentally the coach that I wish that I'd had a, a few years ago. When you get into the industry, you get into the industry because of your own personal journey and because of your own uh, transformation or exploration with performance. And you then get to a point whereby obviously things start to build, things start to grow, your roles and responsibilities get greater, the amount of people you're working with builds. Uh, you obviously then have multitudes of different coats that you have to kind of wear with respect to admin, finances, graphics, marketing, sales. All those good things and then before you know it um the the coach who was um full of energy absolutely thriving and was looking after themselves um has now all of a sudden gone from the top of the priority list to the bottom of the priority list uh they're not serving themselves to their greatest capacity they're being pulled from pillar to post and they're not necessarily looking after themselves and or maximizing what they know is possible across uh, a multitude of different kind of platforms so it's just about now giving them that solidarity and that platform for them to be able to express themselves and get back to being their best whilst it complements and enhances every other aspect of their life um, and their business nice so i'm i'm sure there's many reasons but maybe we'll just start with the most common reason that personal trainers or coaches from your experience seem to struggle to grow their coaching business I think ultimately there's going to be, uh, again, so many different factors and facets behind that. But one of the uh, probably most potent and powerful things is just the self-confidence and belief and trust that they now have in themselves. 
uh, for them to be able to uh, be authentically themselves because I spent so long pretending to be somebody that I wasn't a few years ago um, and just trying to conform and fit in uh, to kind of, I suppose, like the industry norm and what you now see on social media. And then it just ends up becoming kind of additional noise. So I think it's about getting clarity over who you are, what you stand for why you do what you do, how can you now be open, honest, and uh, a little bit more authentic and vulnerable, uh, and share kind of some of the, the challenges, the weaknesses that you've now been through that's now led to where you are right now. So I always say that your fitness business is an expression of you. Um, and people now buy people, people are buying into you, your, your energy, your journey, your story, why you do what you do. And I think often it's just about being able to really amplify and speak and communicate and verbalize um, kind of those values and uh, those beliefs and um, kind of the, those stories, I suppose, that allow people to um, yeah, build that know, like, love and trust and build that connection. Because everybody's pretty much doing the same things. Everybody has got all the same tools, resources, and information. So the thing that differentiates you is you. And it's your ability to now be able to have the confidence uh, and the belief to be able to like step up and be inspirational, but also be empathetic and relatable and understanding and yeah, knowing what you stand for, knowing why you stand for it. And uh, ultimately the types of results, the culture that you're now trying to create but that has to come from you believing and backing in you and what you do um, more so than anything. Mm. It's a tricky thing when once you first get into the industry, after you've finished your initial qualifications, you, you've most people, most trainers, I've definitely experienced this, but imposter syndrome, similar to what you were just talking about before, feeling like you're not qualified to be doing what you're doing. You feel like you've got to pretend to be something that you're not or someone that you're not. Um, question that I want to ask you. So I'm not really familiar with the qualifications to become a personal trainer or a coach over there in the UK, but I would imagine after the initial course, you should be doing some sort of regular, uh, professional development or further study. So in your opinion, what topics of courses or books do you think would be beneficial to someone that has kind of just started in the fitness industry to kind of keep up to date and relevant? I think, again, mate, I'm going to use that, um, the, the words, it depends. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, because it really depends upon where you want to go, what you want to explore, what you want to double down on. I've got a couple of uh, coaches who are really interested in now um, exploring biomechanics and uh, movement. And that's not something that they're now really trying to double down on. So, of course, they're spending more time, more energy and more focus, obviously, going into that kind of remit in that realm. Uh, but I think the biggest thing that I could probably just uh, suggest and say, based upon my experience and understanding of um, the coaching industry at present is probably more uh, understanding and awareness of things like communication and behavior. Uh, I think communication is probably one of the biggest things uh, the coaches could and need to. And I have done uh, an abundance of courses, work with a mentor on this exact like topic and subject to be able to try and improve um, how we now communicate with one another to be able to get the very best out of the individual, how we can first seek to understand, uh, listen deeply and intently, and uh, how we can now ensure that we can um, 
yeah, communicate effectively, build a powerful, positive relationship that's working towards that common objective. And we can now work together as a power team. Um, and that connection is, is clear, open, uh, and is genuine, honest, and transparent. Um, and any negotiations that have to happen between prospect and coach or whatever it now might potentially be are positive, what positive ones. Um, and you have an ability to be able to kind of yeah, communicate, deal, and express that in a way that allows you to present your best and allows you to first seek to understand and obviously keeps dignity in check at all times. So I think that's probably the biggest thing for me is uh, probably communicate like coaching communication and looking at obviously understanding how we can get the very, very best out of uh, the clients that we're working with, because there are so many different types of clientele. There's so many different types of uh, characteristics, personalities, archetypes, et cetera. Um, and I think it's that ability to be once again dynamic and understand how you can um, care, communicate effectively uh, and therefore get the very best result for the individual. So I'd probably say that's going to be the, 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 the probably the biggest uh, and one of the most powerful things I think would be advantageous for more coaches to explore at the moment because most people know that you need an energy deficit. Most people know that you need to move a little bit more. Most people know that you need to get a little bit more sleep. Um, but it's now going to come down to how can I now effectively communicate uh, in order for there to be a high degree and level of trust um, and buy-in, which is mm. ultimately going to be the thing that's going to get the result. Because mm. you can have the perfect training program, the perfect diet plan. If the, if the member or the client doesn't have buy-in, doesn't really matter. Doesn't really matter if if they're not committed and if they just skip sessions. Yeah, what one one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I think that effective buying comes from the trust, the relationship. Also comes from time, of course it does. Mm. But they now have to believe in what it is that you're now saying that you can now help them accomplish and achieve. And there's likely to be a part of their identity that doesn't believe it's possible. And it's now going to be your confidence and your ability to be able to communicate in order for you to be able to bridge that gap, to be able to give them the strategy, the accountability, the tools, the education, uh, in order for you to now be able to take them from where they are right now to where they want to be. Mm, great. I like that answer. Um, another question I've got about, um, about uh, clients that you may have experienced before. So if a client comes came to you for advice and their question was they're not sure whether to go completely online coaching like their their coaching uh, clients completely in person like face-to-face coaching or a mixture of both now uh, this is probably going to be another depends question so what questions are the kind of how does the conversation kind of look like to find out what would be more suited for them I think it comes down to skill set. As you think it is going to, it comes down to it depends. <laughs> I, it comes down, it. <laughs> I know I can see. Most <laughs> questions are it depends in the field. Yeah, I've, I've, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it will come down to their skill set. Uh, it's also going to come down to their experience, the types of individuals that they now want to work with. And it comes down to their strengths. I think 
for a period of time, a coach being in the trenches and working on the gym floor allows you to gain an abundance of experience. It allows you to uh, gain an abundance of like hands-on practical kind of understanding in terms of what it's like working with uh, a multitude of differing types of people that have um, different injuries and come from all sorts of different kind of walks of life that have different aspirations, targets, and goals. So I think the more time you can spend on the gym floor initially um, learning and developing that craft, I think the better because that allows you to then become more equipped. And that, in my opinion, gives you more of a background and a greater degree of understanding um, of things like body awareness and stuff like that. Because I think one of the biggest kind of challenges that I had was that um, coming from an athletic and a, and a kind of professional footballing background, then going into bodybuilding, all these other things. Like I knew what I was capable of, but then often if you then have never coached and or worked with anybody with hands-on experience that maybe might be relatively new, doesn't come from that background, has potential limiting factors, limiting injuries, uh, certain kind of restrictions in terms of range of mo motion, like whatever it now might potentially be, then obviously like what you now perceive is potentially uh, of what you can now do and how you program for somebody is potentially distorted. So like the opportunity to now work with yeah, a, an abundance of different people and have that kind of coaching experience, I believe is incredibly powerful. Um, and I believe that is an incredible foundation that pretty much everybody would benefit from in all honesty. And then um, your ability to uh, kind of go narrow and deeper into them. What do you now want to kind of seek in terms of uh, I suppose, your life, how, how you now want your business to look and run, what you now want to accomplish and achieve, the types of characteristics and the types of individuals that you now want to work with, and also where your passion lies, and I think also where your strengths lie. I know there's been an abundance of coaches that have been like world, world-class coaches that I've coached with offline um, in the gym, and then they've moved into the online world, and they haven't been able to make it happen, although they're absolutely incredible at what they do. But their skill set and their strengths and uh, their passion actually really lies within coaching people on the gym floor. And similar, like I've had online coaches that have then gone into like the offline world and they don't thrive anywhere near as much as they do in the online world. So I think ultimately, again, it's going to depend upon the individual and where they are. Uh, but I believe that getting some kind of like hands uh, on experience will always be advantageous um, and will give you a greater degree of understanding and awareness. And will only allow you to develop and improve your craft um, without without a shadow of a doubt. Mm, great, that's awesome. Um, I want to move on and get a book recommendation from you. So every guest that comes on the podcast, I always get a book recommendation. Now, maybe one specifically for any coaches or PTs listening, and maybe another one on any topic for anyone. If you if you want to give two. Couple of a couple of books for for coaches that I think are uh, that will be really incredible. Number one, um, I love the book Legacy, uh, which is about the New Zealand All Blacks. I think that's a really, really, really powerful book uh, in terms of like their the culture, the teamship, and just how to build a culture and a community. Mm. Uh, I think that's a really powerful, a really powerful book. Another really powerful book with regards to like that is Extreme Ownership by um, Jocko, which Jocko, is yeah. an, which is which is also which is also a fantastic book. Um, and then another incredible book is Conscious Coaching. That's also a great, a great book for, for coaches as well. And, and that comes back to uh, what I spoke about a little bit earlier with respect to uh, communication, uh, effective buy-in, and just trying to look at, well, okay, we've got these skills and these qualifications and this information, but now how do we um, put that information into layman's terms that now will allow us to be able to um, communicate 
effectively with the client and get the very, very best out of them. So that would be um, kind of a couple of uh, books from a coaching perspective. Um, aside from that, in terms of like other books, like one book that had a real powerful impact on me was The Slight Edge uh, by Jeff Olson, I believe, uh, which was which was absolutely fantastic. And I found that incredibly insightful uh, and advantageous. Uh, the Almanac, I believe, um, of Navarre Ravikant is also a, a great book uh, that I've really, really enjoyed. Um, that yeah, there's an there's an there's an abundance that you could uh, that you could you could go through, but they would probably be a, a couple that I've, I've really enjoyed. And then seven, like a couple of a couple of others would be obviously how to win friends and influence people, which I thought was like mm. when I read that years ago was great. And then um, like the seven habits of highly effective people. There's a couple of little nuggets in there that have always stood out in my mind uh, that have shaped and molded so much of what I now do. So there's a kind of yeah broad spectrum of, mm. of, of different differing books. I'm currently reading Sapiens at the moment, uh, which is that uh, which is it's just going to be slightly different to what I've ever read before, which is obviously um, looking at obviously the evolution of, of human race, which is um, yeah it, it, in, interesting to say the least. Nice. There's some great books there. I'll put all the books in the show notes for anyone that's interested. Um, I was looking for two, but I got maybe six or seven from you, which is <laughs> always good. I'm curious to know how you fit in time. You seem like you're very busy. Everyone is very busy these days. How do you fit in time to read? Do you listen to books or do you fit in time to actually read hard copy books? I think the biggest challenge that I had for a period of time and the biggest problem that I see with so many uh, coaches that I work with is that they read because they feel like they have to read, but they don't necessarily read with intent. They read because they now want to tick a box of like, I'm reading a book. Um, and you're then just basically doing something because you feel as though you need to be doing something because that's the right thing to do and or the the, the, the dumb thing to do. Whereas like everything that I now think about when it comes to um, the biggest kind of like shift that I suppose has changed for me is like everything that has to now have like a level of intent. If I'm now going to read something along those lines, there has to be a level of intent and purpose behind it. So how am I now going to action and implement this? What is it? What am I now taking from this? How am I trying to absorb this? And how can I now action implement this into uh, a webinar that I'm delivering a certain key core training, whether that's my own personal life. So it's not necessarily how many books I can read or how much I can read, but it's ultimately going to be about how can I now just take a little nugget of something? Um, and then how can I action and implement and put that into play that's now going to be relevant, applicable to me, the guys and girls that I now work with, um, and or something that I'm now going to be able to like utilize moving forward. So though that's the that's the way in which I read at the moment. I used to get bogged down and think I had to read like 25 pages a day or I had to read every day. Or I had to do this, had to do that. Whereas uh, for me now it's just a case of right, okay, I just I just do it with intent and purpose uh more so than anything else. And exactly as you said to you with regards to like the, the like the sapiens exploring now different things because like self-development and personal development incredible changed my life and they're fantastic uh but obviously once you've read a few uh you've they're all similar themes you know so i think mm -hmm. the ability to be able to like now diversify and read like differing things like whether that's now autobiographies or like different kind of passion projects or whatever it now might be um i think can actually then be really really powerful above and above and beyond that Mm. I've definitely fallen in the trap of trying to read as many books as possible. You know, I would have like a, when I'd set my goals for the year, I'd have a number of books that I want to read by the end of the year. And I would try and beat whatever I did for the previous year. And it got to the point where I was like, I'm kind of just doing this to tick a box. You know, um, I'm probably not taking in or 
taking in as much as I should or actioning the things that I'm learning. And it's just going in one ear, in the brain. And then as soon as I get the next book, it's out the other before I can um, implement anything from that. And then it just gets lost until I kind of get reminded of that book down the track. Oh, and, and then I think, I remember reading that, but I can't quite remember enough to kind of, I would have to read it again. And so I kind of realized, you know, that what's, what's the point in reading all these books if you're not going to take in what's in the books. And so I've start, I've got rid of that. I don't have a goal amount of books that I try and get each year. And I kind of have a more intentional reading practice. And I used to listen to a lot of audio books, but I, I like to take notes. And when I'm listening to audio books, I'm either driving or I'm cooking or I'm doing a workout or something. I don't have, I can't just stop and take notes. So I'm trying to read more and highlight more and take, take, you know, screenshots on my phone or my Kindle app or things like that. And trying to like kind of just slow down a bit, but be more intentional. And I'm trying to reread books as well that I, I'm trying to revisit more books because you read a good book the second or third time, you still get stuff out of it. Start, start reading a, when you're in a different place in a different stage of your life every time you then reread a book you reread it in a completely different mm. way uh, which you, i find so so fascinating and so interesting and yeah. i completely agree with you with, with regards to the above i'll listen to podcasts on an audible but i never really listen to it i listen to a book in an audible format i'll try and uh, obviously read the hard copy because exactly exactly the same you know there's there's so many pearls of wisdom in there and there's just looking at exactly how can i now apply this um instead of just being kind of like passive and just listening to it mm. i with the exception of um biographies i do still prefer biographies on audible because i don't really take notes in biographies anyway it's more of like a, a story that you're listening and you get kind of motivation from you're learning from someone so that i'll make the exception to i'll i'll listen to a biography because it's kind of it's enjoyment or entertainment. I kind of, I like to throw in a biography every two or three self-help books as kind of like a rest, like a break from taking notes of something. It's like you're studying constantly when you're always reading. So I like to throw in one that I'm not kind of having to study something and try and take notes from. So, yeah. Um, one last question I want to kind of finish up before we run out of time. If you could travel back in time and give your younger self one bit of advice, what would you say? Maybe let's go back to right when you started in the fitness industry, however old you were then. I would just say fear less that you won't get there uh, and just track a trust, believe and back in yourself uh, and know that whatever path that you're now going to go on, the challenges that you'll face, the obstacles that will happen, everything now will be happening for you, not to you. Um, and ultimately it's your ability to be able to now fail forward fast into those and uh, just have that confidence that yeah wherever you're now heading you 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 will get there if you keep putting the two p's into the machine and you keep doing the right things and you keep operating in alignment with what you now believe and perceive to be best based upon your values and uh your current knowledge at that present moment in time so yeah feel fear fear less that you won't get there um and give yourself permission to be able to enjoy that moment um and that presence even more so uh because i say i think sometimes if you have your head down and you're constantly just focusing on the next the next the next the next the next well you're climbing a mountain you're going to get to the top and then it's like well what have i really done this for and you've not been able to take stock and uh enjoy the view and have a jam sandwich and you know what I mean? enjoy 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 that moment so yeah fear less that you won't get there and uh enjoy the now and back believe and trust and have that confidence in yourself and 
work relentlessly. That's good advice. Um, well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Before we sign off, do you want to plug any anything or anyone? Where can people find you if they want to find out more about what you do? Dude, it's been an absolute pleasure. And, uh, mate, the only thing that I'll just say is, obviously, Instagram handle is Joe Parrish, the coach's coach. And uh, other than that, dude, all, all good. My question to you is, what, what would you say to your younger former self? What advice would I give my younger self? Put me on the spot here. But that's what I've done to you. So I would probably say... Just stop and take a breath. My whole life, I've been trying to accomplish, accomplish, accomplish and do more and set goals. And the thing about goals, well, one of the downsides to setting goals, I just read this in James Clear's book, Atomic Habits. One of the downsides is um, they can take away your happiness, whereas you can set a goal and you can have in your mind, I'm not going to be happy until I achieve this goal. And then you achieve that and you don't feel any different. So you can kind of delay feeling that happiness until you reach a certain point that you think, when I hit this, then I'll be happy. Or when I hit this in my business, then I'll relax. Or when I hit this, then I'll work less or whatever. Um, and I think that's what I would say to myself. Just stop and take a breath and just enjoy the moment. Because I think that's what I'd say. Super, brother. Love that. Mm. All right. Well, that's a wrap. Thanks for being on, bro. Dude, an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for your time and a, and a privilege being on. So, dude, I massively appreciate you reaching out and, uh, and asking um, and giving me the opportunity. All right, guys. If you enjoyed this, please take a screenshot and share it. I'd love to see who's listening. And also, please subscribe and give a rating on iTunes. Sending positive vibes to everyone out there. Thanks heaps for listening.